Hi, I'm Mark Richardson, and welcome to Remodeling Mastery. Remodeling Mastery is a podcast series that is really designed to help you reflect and think about your business, not just do your business. This podcast series is supported by the national associations, as well as my friends at Professional Remodeler and other leading strategic alliances, such as Engage and others. Today, I want to talk about a topic that is not only interesting and relevant, but it's also important. It's important because at the end of the day, if you don't have a good grasp of who your client is, then you are going to struggle. And that topic is really focused on the post-COVID consumer. Now, those that have been listening to my podcast know that I've always believed very strongly that your biggest competitor in your business is not other remodelers, it's not other builders, but more than anything, it is the client themselves. Now, this is supported not just by interesting kind of insights and feelings, it's supported by data. Many, many years ago within my business, we went back and we looked at what percentage of the market share did we have in our particular area? And what we realized that we had less than 1% of the market share. So if you really think about that, if you have less than 1%, and we were certainly one of the largest in the country at the time, then that means, you know, your competitors, not necessarily other remodelers and other builders, it's really more about the client themselves. And when you really drill into that and you analyze it, you know, it's your client's ignorance. It's your client's ignorance about the remodeling process and about how to approach these different decisions. It's a client fears, fears they have of not only uh, the relationships they have in remodeling, but also fears of making mistakes. And it certainly also, they're overwhelmed. They're overwhelmed with time. You're competing against a lot of other priorities in their lives. Now, I share this because I've been talking about this subject for many years, but I think it's especially important now with the post-COVID consumer because the post-COVID consumer is not the same consumers that they were five years ago. Now, many people out there think about, well, we're just getting back to normal here now that COVID is certainly passed and we're not hunkered down in our homes. No, what's happened is I think that this pandemic, this COVID kind of process here has fundamentally changed us. It's changed your clients. And as I sit back and think about that, I think about, for example, those that went through the depression, how they acted and behaved, those that went through World War II, how they acted and behaved, and those that certainly experienced, you know, directly 9-11 or some of the other horrific things, how it fundamentally changes us. Now, what's different, I think, about COVID versus the other things is not so much how horrific and how we got through it and how remodeling became the silver lining. It's more about how long it lasted. And because it lasted so long, it really fundamentally changed us. So I want to talk today about a few themes, because if you really think about this subject, 
It really starts with what your fundamental beliefs and understandings are. Then you can have strategies and then you can put tactics and certainly techniques in place. So I've developed in terms of working with different industry leaders, certainly with Harvard and other panelists that I brought in to really think about this subject, five themes that I think are especially important for you to reflect on and think about. And then most importantly in this podcast, I've created 10 techniques and tips and tactics that I think you can start to put into place. Now, these tactics are not to change things 30 degrees. They're to change things one degree, two degree. And you've, if you can, in fact, just adjust what you're doing, pivoting on what you're doing by one or two degrees in some of these different areas, you're going to see some dramatic change. You know, I oftentimes think about the degrees of change that businesses have to go through. It's oftentimes seen in sports. It's the difference between a fraction of an inch being a home run or striking out. You know, it's also the difference when you're flying an airplane. If you're flying from Washington, D.C. to California, one degree difference is the difference between going to San Francisco versus L.A. So, you need to adjust and change by one degree, two degrees on these different elements, not necessarily abandon all the good things that you've developed over the years. Okay, so with all that being said, you know, I've heard, and you've certainly heard the adage and heard me talk about that, if you don't know the answers to the questions, which I don't think we know the answers as it relates to post-COVID and what the consumer's all about today, at least understand the questions, at least know the questions to be asking, at least try to be on the lookout and have a keen sense of what kind of things are important. And that's really what we're going to try to address with this. So the first is, you've heard the theme before, the future ain't what it used to be. You know, Yogi Bear said that, and it's said in a, in, a, in a kind of humorous, clever way. But if you change that slightly and you say that the consumer ain't what they used to be, you know, this is supported by real data. You know, uh, Google actually did a little bit of research. They realized that about only... Uh, two-thirds of the people that are inquiring with remodeling companies are actually real leads. Now, you may be frustrated that they're going dark on you, but all they are is curious. They're just inquiring. They're thinking about remodeling, and then other things are moving into their lives. So the consumer is not necessarily what they were many, many years ago. When they contacted you, they were ready to rock and roll. Another interesting term that actually my friend from, from Engage, Pam Tory shared about a year ago that I've been watching this, and that is the consumer through COVID and as they come out of COVID have become feral. Now, for those of you that think about that word feral, feral by definition means escape from captivity. You know, if you think about a feral animal out there, especially one that was a house pet, when they've escaped from captivity and start to have to live in the wild on their own, it changes them. And I think the consumer in many ways has escaped from captivity and therefore they're different. They're behaving differently. They want more control of the process. They don't want to necessarily be told what to do. They want to be guided and help them to buy, not be sold. The second theme that I want you to be thinking about is all people are not created equal. 
We've seen more of a divide for all sorts of reasons out there today in terms of the haves and the have-nots when it comes to the, the, the people in the projects. You know, many of my friends out there that are actually heavily doing remodeling today, they're seeing, for example, a lot of activity with the medium-sized projects down at the one, two, three hundred thousand dollars $300,000 range. And then they're seeing the very large projects. But it's that in-between projects. Oftentimes, we see this in the real estate market. There's certain sectors of the market that are really selling. So all clients are not created equal. Another element to the client element is that the demographics, you know, we're seeing a shift. This has been an industry that's been heavily influenced by the baby boomers. However, the baby boomers today are trying to be a little bit more conservative in terms of their spend and as a result are contracting down, whereas the younger generation, which has a lot more runway to them, they're starting to spend in a much, much greater way. But they're spending on all sorts of things that give them joy and pleasure, not necessarily the kind of things that traditionally has been there. So having an understanding and appreciate the demographic differences between who the buyers are, I think is especially important. A third theme, which was actually shared by my friend Jane Jelski, I think is a really, really good one for you to reflect. And that is most homeowners, many homeowners out there, believe I'm okay, but it's not okay. And when she said this to me a couple of months ago, and I really have been reflecting on it, if you really look at the hard data that's out there, unemployment is low, and therefore I'm okay. I have cash reserves. I've taken more out in equity lines. I probably have a lower interest mortgage in place that I'm okay. My family structure is okay. I'm healthy. I'm okay. However, when you look at some of the global things out there, you know, constantly talking about that there's going to be a recession that is going to be coming around the corner. We're dealing with, you know, political things that are just over the top. We also have... Uh, you know, challenges globally in terms of, of wars and fighting and this going on. So while it's great to think your situation as a homeowner is okay, but if you think the world is not okay, it's going to cause you to behave differently. It's going to cause you to be more focused on the here and now and not necessarily thinking about those longer term projects that we oftentimes would think about. The fourth theme that I want to talk about is your competition is everything. Now, I said before, your competitor is the client, but taking that a step further, it's also all the other elements in their lives. It's their time, it's their travel, it's their enjoyment, it's their families, it's all the other things. That's what you're competing against. So you wonder, for example, why they tend to be, on the one hand, wanting to move the project through, but dragging their feet and not making time for it, it's because it's all the other priorities that you're competing against. And I think as I'll talk about in a minute, you've got to become a master at those kind of things if in fact you're going to get things. And the last theme that I think is especially important that we're going to be unpacking a little bit more with my techniques, and that is don't panic. 
Don't panic. Don't overreact. You know, when you sit back and look at the picture here from a very, very high level, I think it's safe to say homeowners are not going to abandon living in a home. And I think it's also safe to say their knowledge, their skills of doing projects uh, are becoming less and less. So because of all those things, we're seeing, while yes, a little bit of wonkiness out there, one, two, three weeks of the leads not coming into your business, we're seeing certain projects fall off, but it's especially important, I think, more than ever right now, not to panic. Now, if you play off all of these five themes, and I encourage you to go back and jot them down for yourself and see how they compare to kind of what you're feeling and thinking out there, let me dive into some tips, some techniques, some tactics that you and your teams can start to put into place to see better outcomes. Because as I said earlier, if you can just get 1% here, 1% there, 2% here, you're going to find it's going to be just fine. If you can figure out a way to get one more out of 10 based on the average conversion and close rates, you've increased your sales by 50%. So I'm not here to give you solutions and prescriptions that are going to work 100% of the time, but I know they're going to work. One in 20, one in 10, in some cases, one in five. Okay, number one on my list is you've got to go deeper with the clients and the relationships. So what do I mean by going deeper? You got to go deeper in terms of relationships. You got to question them why they want to do what they're doing, not just be there to give them an estimate or give them insights on the projects that they happen to be calling you about. You know, by questioning the why behind it, you become an advisor and not a peddler. By really discussing and getting to have a deeper relationship with them, you are a a trusted advisor or a friend and not necessarily just a remodeler. So you've got to go much deeper in these relationships and you've got to be genuine and you've got to be, you know, heartfelt about them. And when you, in fact, can develop a deeper relationship with prospects, the likelihood that they're going to be listening to your insights and advice are going to be much greater. So on a very pragmatic level, if you're used to doing one hour initial visits, let it drift into an hour and 15 minutes, hour and a half with those. Those initial calls that you have for the client just to get a little bit of scope of the work. If, it, if generally they're 5, 10, 15 minutes, let it go 20, 30 minutes. You know, I have a friend that's an architect in this remodeling business. He spends on average one hour on the phone with the client before he ever, ever goes out to look at a client. He has a very high close rate, and he's seen a lot of effectiveness by going much deeper, not just wider. The second thing is start to look at the project blend that you have. What's interesting in terms of the data that's out there, we're seeing a lot more bathrooms happening. A lot less kitchens happening. I wonder why. Well, part of the reason, or at least my conjecture, is that the cost of kitchens and the extensiveness of the detailing and the decisions and the overwhelm are, are against the grain of what's going on out there. Now, that doesn't mean that kitchens aren't important, but people are caring, as my friend Bill Milhan said, people are really caring more about some of their private spaces, not some of the public spaces. And if you think about the kitchens versus baths, it's just one example. We're also seeing a, a, a resurgence in a lot of the things that are just oriented towards fun, outdoor living, uh, golf simulators, 
uh, wine cellars, all the things that create joy in clients' lives, not necessarily that are super practical. Number three is looking in the mirror and looking at yourself and realizing that your job today is something different than it is in the past. In the past, you're a remodeling expert, and some of you even remodeling authorities. Today, more than ever, you're also a therapist. You're a therapist. Why? Because this is the times. This is the post-COVID consumer that's going through some weird stuff right now that you have to be that voice. You have to be that person that's listening to them. You also have to be that house doctor that's really looking and examining and looking at alternatives and doing x-rays, all those kind of things, before you're diving into the solution. In many cases, you have to be a marriage counselor or a moderator to try to bring the two together in their priorities because if their priorities aren't aligned, chances are they're not going to be gung-ho and do the projects. Number four on my list is, and I have podcasts that are specifically on this topic, so I can't go too deeply today on it, but I encourage you to go back and listen to another episode in the past on this, and that is you have to sell down not sell up. Now, that's a dirty word, I think, to some people out there. However, your clients today are proud to conserve. They're not trying to keep up with the Joneses. And it's very, very important when you look at kind of how you're advising them, try to encourage them to do things that are less expensive, not more expensive. Why? Because that's what creates trust. And it also allows them to feel more comfortable with the level of investment. Why do you lose projects? 80% of the time, it's the level of investments. Price escalation has gotten crazy on you, and you've got to change your approach and sell down, not necessarily sell up. So what does that mean? It's kind of like you go to a restaurant. I always have the server when I go to a restaurant, regardless whether I know what I want to eat or not, I always ask them to recommend some things on the menu. And I'm watching them and the kind of advice that they're giving me. If they're recommending, as many do, the most expensive things on the menu, I don't trust them anymore. If they're recommending the things on the menu that are more mid-price and maybe even a bargain, all of a sudden I trust them. You know, selling remodeling is very similar to that. I'm going to trust you if, in fact, you're trying to help me save money, not necessarily spend more money. So selling down is a strategy. It's not just a theme. It's not just a way of life. It's a strategy that you need to start to master. And I encourage you to listen to the podcast on that subject. Number five on my tips and techniques is you've got to go deeper in telling your story. Now, telling your story is something that many, many remodelers do not do effectively at all. You've got to have the right visualization tools to sell your, your uh, to, to tell your story. You've got to go deeper on the things that they care about, whether it's community involvement or whether it's their comfort living through the remodeling. Make that story very, very visual for them. You know, also what I've found is sometimes today more than ever, your clients care about things in the remodeling experience you don't think about. For example, you've invested in a lot of technologies. Are you telling your story, showing them the different technologies you're using in their business to make their remodeling experience better? Make that part of your story. Number six is slightly different, if not hugely different, than selling down, and is you've got to reduce remodeling cost. 
Now, that's kind of simpler said than done. But when I work with different companies, when I talk to different groups, when I go out to different you know, areas of the country, everybody is whining. Everybody is complaining about cost escalation. And what I am saying to you is you've got to get out there and fight for your clients. You've got to say, as in the uh, movie from many years ago, Network, I'm madder than hell and I can't take it anymore. You've got to get the cost of the projects down. Now, there's many ways to do that. But what you need to do is you need to assemble a group within your company and you need to come up with ways to get the project cost down. Then don't keep it a secret when it comes to the clients what you're doing on their behalf. But if you can take a project cost of $200,000 and reduce it down to one seventy, which isn't that much of a reduction, all of a sudden you probably reduce the client investment by $50,000 at that point, and it's the difference between them proceeding or not. It's probably the easiest way. It's hard to accomplish it, but it's probably the easiest prescription to get that extra one out of 10 and maybe even one out of five that you're not getting now. Number seven on my list, which is especially important, I think, right now, is you need to focus on the right client and the right project. I think when there is scarcity, we tend to do desperate things. We tend to bring the wrong clients into our business and the wrong type of projects. So write down the criteria for the right client and the right project I did a podcast on 10, what, 10 checklists, ways to determine the right client for you. I encourage you to go back and read about that or listen to it. But create your own checklist. It doesn't matter. But what you need to do is have the courage to say no. Don't let the wrong project, wrong client kind of swim into your nest. Number eight is create urgency. Now, I've talked about this subject a lot, and I would argue this is important all the time, but you've got to become masterful at how to create urgency. I mean, imagine for a second when you go to a doctor, they know how to create urgency. So you make whatever that health issue is a priority. You have to be able to do the same. And if you think about urgency in terms of three primary buckets, you've got the client's urgency, you've got project urgency, then you've got your urgency. All of those things are important. And if you pepper those things early in the conversation with the client, all of a sudden they will be aligned with you in terms of what the priorities are moving forward. Okay, we're almost there. Number nine on my list was practice. Now, this sounds kind of overly simplistic, but we have a tendency, we've gotten so, so busy, all we do is practice on the clients in the game. Ridiculous. Think about sports. You would never do that in professional sports. You might have on a professional football team three hours a game per week, and then you might have 30, 40 hours of training to get to that one game. How much training, how much practice do you do before you go into the game with clients? You've got to invest more time in yourself in training. There are a lot of different trainings that you can do. You can certainly listen to podcasts like these. You can have internal trainings. You can do role plays. You can record yourself. You can actually script out some of the things you're doing. You can work through strategies of how to approach different kind of sales situations that come up. 
But today you need to practice. You need to practice more than ever. Why? Look at your results. It's hard out there. And if you're not going to practice, you're going to lose. Number 10, and certainly not least, but, but the last on my list here, I think today more than ever, you need to be the truth teller for the clients. And I say this, and I love that little term a friend of mine from years ago referred to his spouse as his truth teller. You need to be the truth teller for the clients. They need to get the truth. They need to see your genuine and authentic perspective. And I think if you can be the truth teller, and this remodeling is probably the best, most positive thing that they can be doing and why it is the likelihood that they're going to inch forward and work with you is going to be so much greater. I would encourage you make your own list. You've just heard five themes and you've also heard 10 tactics and techniques that you can weave into place. And if you can adopt even some of these, you're going to see a difference. You're going to move more people across the finish line. You know, many people out there really want and desire, and they called you to do a remodeling project, but it got stalled. And I think you can change, I think, the direction. You can make your own win if there isn't win out there, and I think you can see a lot of success. So take care, everyone. I'll speak to you soon.